Good morning and welcome to Coming Home Well, the only radio show in the entire nation that focuses on educating civilians about military issues. I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and I want to thank you for joining us. This week has been a crazy week throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia and the entire United States. It's absolutely crazy what's going on with this COVID-19 pandemic and all the reactions to it. The governor's putting out orders, all sorts of stuff. If you're retired like from the military like I am, you might have got an email last Friday and it was from each of the services and they are asking anyone that is interested in coming back on active duty to volunteer. And I was like, really? That's, that's usually only things that they do when they're calling up people for a major war like the Gulf War, or the Iraq War, the individual ready reserve, people that have already served their commitments and then... They want to call them back. So that's a pretty significant change in how we're approaching this. Now, they were focusing on people that have medical backgrounds, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, uh, that kind of thing. The cool thing is that over 10,000 people responded and said, yes, I would like to help. I would like to volunteer to come on active duty and help our nation recover from this pandemic. It really goes to show just how fantastic our military is and how it helps our communities. So earlier this week, it was on Friday night, the president issued a executive order allowing for up to a million people to come on active duty from the individual ready reserves and the retired reserves to come and help with this pandemic. So I would imagine it's all sorts of things, not just doctors and nurses, because I'm pretty sure there isn't a million retired of those, but everything else that needs support. Like for instance, the Army Corps of Engineers is helping set up new hospitals throughout the country, but especially in the areas that are hardest hit, like New York City. Uh, in New York City, they're setting up the Javits Center, which is like a big conference center. It's got 840,000 square feet of exhibit space, which will by Monday house almost 3,000 hospital beds for non-coronavirus patients, freeing the existing space in the existing hospitals. So they are working with the Corps of Engineers and various military units that are being stood up, the combat support hospitals and the other military medical facilities that are being stood up and deployed to help treat this coronavirus. I know everybody is dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic. It's really scary. There's lots of people getting sick. There's people dying. The governor is issuing orders about non-essential businesses closing and well, we at Coming Home Well want to try to help with that, try to relieve some of the anxiety that people are feeling. So this coming Wednesday, we're having a live interview with Sarah Pitson with the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic, and it's going to be accessible on the Coming Home Well Facebook page, and then we're going to post it to the website afterwards. But the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic is at the Up Center, 
and they provide high quality accessible mental health to 9-11 veterans, their families, and the families of active duty service members. So care is available regardless of the role while in uniform, combat experience, or discharge status. So they're a little bit different than the VA. So even if you don't have a good discharge, as we talked a few weeks ago, they don't care. So we're going to be talking about caring for military families and their children. And it's really about the clinic and what they do and things like that. And offer insights into life of military families. Sort of explain the differences and the similarities that military have with other families, and children's therapy in general, like how does it work, what happens in a child therapy session, and how parents can support their child's therapy, and most importantly, advice to parents on how to help their children cope with the stress of the current state of affairs around the COVID-19 outbreak. Schools getting canceled, spring sports getting canceled, All sorts of things are happening and kids are not necessarily taking it as well as as it could be because it's really a big change to the routine and kids do well with routine. So we're going to have Sarah on on Wednesday at 6 o'clock on the Coming Home Well Facebook page. That way everybody can listen to it and see it in real time. It's going to be video. So I look forward to that and I hope that you can join us on Wednesday. But I want to switch gears a little bit. I know everybody's been talking about COVID-19 and everything else, but I want to give you some good news. There is some really neat research. In fact, decades of research and hundreds of published articles have long validated the correlation between eye movement behavior and vision and brain health. But we've never really been able to work it well because it's hard to track. So we were, had the opportunity to interview Barbara Barclay, and she's with RightEye, because they finally made it easy to collect and analyze this data, and they are doing some pretty amazing things on TBI and brain injury research. So the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and the DOD are now using RightEye for a multi-location mild traumatic brain injury research project, and we wanted to learn more about what they're doing. So in addition... The Richmond Veterans Affairs Center at McGuire in Richmond, Virginia, is utilizing right eye to identify distinct eye movement patterns that may signal earlier detection of serious neurological conditions, such as Parkinson's, as well as TBI research. So that's pretty amazing. And I'll be right back with our interview with Ms. Barbara Barclay with right eye. Welcome to Coming Home Well. My name is Tyler Perron, and I'm your host today. We are meeting with Barbara Barclay, the president of Right Eye. Welcome, Barbara. Hi, thank you. So, Barbara, we always like to learn a little bit about our guests. And I was reading that you've been involved with eye tracking for like 20 years, and that's what Right Eye <laughs> does. So, what in the world got you involved with eye tracking? That's a great question. Uh, I have been involved with eye tracking for a long time. I uh, prior to I was the third employee at Right Eye five years ago, and prior to that, I joined Toby, uh, which is a Swedish eye tracking company. It's the largest eye tracking company in the world, and they had really multifaceted businesses. Part of it was research, part of it was marketing research, part of it was academic research, and you can't know everything. So I was lucky enough to get in there because I was a business person and I knew market research. And then I spent six years learning about all the 
research into a lot of the areas that we covered today uh, that eye tracking research has done on. So eye tracking must have really radically changed over the last 20 years as computers have gotten ubiquitous. I mean, they were there before, but now they're just like everywhere with super high quality. How has that changed the entire environment and, and how eye tracking is used? So 20 years ago, Toby was founded and they're essentially the first company that created eye tracking where you really didn't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out how to work it. Uh, you could sit in front of the system and it would track your eyes and then it would have software that'll let you analyze it. But even when I was there as late as 2014, <clears throat> they were launching eye tracking for gaming, for example. And that was a big change in the market. Wearable eye trackers for research initially were big in the market. And then just since we've been around, which is since 2015, um, there was a German eye tracking company that Apple purchased. There was another eye tracking company in Norway that Facebook purchased. There's another eye tracking company that Google purchased. So there's been a lot happening, but not so much that people see on the outside. I would say that what most people see and hear about is virtual reality or augmented reality. Um, but probably the other really big area is that I think there are you know over 100,000 computers and monitors that have eye tracking embedded today, mostly for gamers. Right, and they're using it to analyze their gaming. Uh, maybe they want to watch and see what the person who's playing looks at and things like that. And then on the commercial side, really, RightEye was the first company to create a commercially viable product that was valuable in healthcare and performance vision, but also you and I could use it and we wouldn't have to wait two years to get the answers. And <laughs> it was really about making it so that anybody could use it, anybody could understand the results. And and so that if you were, especially if you're doing research, you, you would cut two years off of the process. But if you're working in a clinical environment, to be able to have eye tracking data and not have to be a big expert on it, but just get the answers changes everything. So there's been a big change in how eye tracking software is deployed and used. And the reason we have you on Coming Home Well is there's some linkage to veterans and traumatic brain injuries, I understand. Can you tell us a little more about that? We, we actually currently have 10 systems that are part of a five-year study on traumatic brain injury at, the, at 10 different VA locations. It's just getting started. And they're really investigating the long-term impact of brain injury. That's part of the Department of Defense Chronic Effects of Neurotrauma, CENC, I think it's called. But on top of that, we also have, you know, 900 providers, and they're typically working with any kind of patient who has discomfort and symptoms of problems with the eye movement. And it may or may not be because you have a history of brain injury in veterans, of course, the majority of time it is um, because they have a history of brain injury. But what happens is that veterans and all sorts of people have chronic headaches, they have trouble reading, trouble concentrating, a myriad of issues. But if you're just doing follow my finger and, you know, look back and forth between these two fingers as quickly as you can. 
it doesn't matter how good of a doctor you are. You just can't see what's really going on with the eyes and you can't quantify it. And so what happens is that you can have even a mild concussion that all of us have probably had. You can have minor alignment problems with the eyes. One eye is maybe a little bit going out when you look up or when you look side to side, they're not exactly hitting at the same spot. And that can cause ongoing discomfort and symptoms and balance issues and all sorts of things. And it's people, veterans and others alike, go from doctor to doctor to doctor, and everyone's like, oh, you're faking it, or we don't see anything on this MRI. Here's some medicine. But the truth of the matter is, it can and often is partially caused by just basically misalignment and eye movement problems that are, if you think about it, like you hurt your leg, you limp around for a month, and then you don't get physical therapy. And so you kind of were walking a little weird and now your back hurts and you don't even really remember why your back hurts. But if you get PT, it fixes your gait and the brain is the same. Your brain will find any path it can, any minor injury or major injury, it'll find a way to get information through the eyes. 80% of what you take in goes in through the eyes, but it's not always like a direct path. Just like if you didn't get PT, it can be a dysfunctional path. And it can be that when you look sharply over to one side, one eye goes farther and it leaves you feeling strange. And so what our product is doing is accurately and quickly and not expensively, you just sit in front of this device, it it tracks the eyes, you look at the kind of test that I'm talking about, so like a circular pursuit or look back and forth, but we then track the eyes by taking images of the eyes 90 times per second, and then we produce an instant report, and that report is one page, it quantifies from zero to 100, how functional are your eyes, therefore your brain. How functional are your fast eye movements, which are called saccades? How functional are your tracking or pursuit? And how straight and fixated and concentrated are your fixation points when you try to look at something for a long period of time? And without those three things, you can't function normally. And so there's huge progress being made. On the veteran side specifically, there's Um, There's a research project going on that is supported by the VA. It's a very small scale right now, but it's essentially for the first time saying, oh, I can use a right eye test to measure you objectively. And then whatever treatment I give you, I can see if it works. Are you better? So there's one project where they're testing hyperbaric oxygen. Um, There are other projects where they're doing, you know, vision therapy or Um, And this goes both, you know, within the VA and outside of the VA, where people are really now for the first time able to say, well, whatever remedy I have, how do I objectively measure what's going on? I understand. So this is replacing the like the neurological doctors where they or the or the other doctors. It helps and augments them to recognize when they're testing someone, the follow my finger, the circular test, instead of just their judgment based on watching your eyes. It's really accurately measuring it. And then this big data source is allowing for new treatments and new recognition of symptoms. Right. 
That's exactly what happens. So they are basically using this as a supplemental tool. We're not diagnosing things, but we're accurately measuring what the eyes are doing in a quantitative way. So how many exact times did you look back and forth and did you overshoot with one eye by one millimeter that now the doctor is saying, oh, well, well, that would, yeah, that would cause you to feel like really discomfort when you're trying to read and you're trying to return to look at the next line, or that would explain why you're getting headaches. And right eye uses actually pattern recognition of those dysfunctions to actually automatically recommend ocular motor training or eye movement training that people do at home. So some of our doctors will do their own therapy and other doctors will use right eyes IQ trainer, which, which is beautiful because it's literally like PT for the brain eye relationship. It's just recalibrating the brain eye relationship. Whatever you missed, it's just putting it back the way it was. So is this, I, you said it's not a diagnostic tool, but it can certainly provide insights and much uh, gr more granular measuring after a TBI or a car accident, uh, things that you know, you see the doctors do in the emergency room, follow my finger, those type things. Yeah. Is, is that something that would be easy to roll out to like Italian aid stations uh, or quick diagnosis of a concussion out in the field? Or maybe on a smartphone yeah. or something? Not on a smartphone because you do need eye tracking technology to accurately measure. Um, you know, there are people that will use our product right out in the field at the time of diagnosis, but they're using it because it accurately measures eye movements, not because it says you have or have not. Now, I will say if you're a doctor who's experienced and you see somebody, I could show you 10 examples of mild or moderate or severe. A brain injury and you can see it <laughs> so uh, but I to be honest I think the bigger issue is after everybody comes home absolutely you look at the suicide rate and it's accelerating you look at people that are on medications and it's accelerating and while most of my stories aren't from veterans specifically I, I have a couple of examples where I've seen them before and after treatment. And I had one in particular. He had 10 years ago was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and migraines 10 years ago. And when we, this doctor baselined him using the right eye, he scored in the 20s out of 100. So that's one not of a his good eyes, score, right? That's not a good score. Yeah. <laughs> one of his eyes was literally not even on the page, okay? <laughs> it was like when he would look up and down, this eye would go like that. And, and she's making hand motions to the left and right for our radio listeners. Uh, when <laughs> one hand is straight and the other is off to the uh, left field. Pretty much. Yeah, like a bow shape. And... We had a contest recently where we had our customers submit case studies, and we got 38 submissions of life-changing things, people that had concussions 10 years ago, somebody that got hit in the head by a cow, somebody who's 30 years old and has a history of concussion in college, and she's, you know, basically completely symptomatic. Her, her neurologist, 
her MD, her even her optometrist, because she was going to a, a regular optometrist and not a specialty one. They said, oh, you're fine. We don't see anything. And when she went to an optometrist who was a customer of ours, it, it was like super obvious. And just having someone say, hey, I know what you're going through because I can see it too. That totally changes the picture too. Absolutely. Where before, and that's the gross test where it's no longer just a doctor or an ophthalmologist or a neurologist conducting a test. It's much more accurate. So they can, you can see now with enough baseline what normal looks like. And now you can say, well, that isn't normal. That's out of the bounds of, of what most people have. And that allows for the treatment and, and retraining your brain to get the eyes working together again. Is that part of the issue? Yep, it often is. And so it's it's a simple set of exercises that people do, but it's essentially that you're looking at a dot, for example, on the screen, and you never take your eyes off that dot, and you'll move your head very precisely, let's say left, right, and center, and you might do that five times, and then it will move. And it's literally like PT for the brain-eye relationship. The eyes find the object and look at it straight ahead. You never take your eyes off the object, and then you would move your head in some precise manner. And it's literally just reestablishing that connection, rewiring. And then when there, there are also specialty optometrists and other types of doctors that are doing, you know, <clears throat> neurorehabilitation, they will use their own exercises and then and sometimes ours as well. And then they're using the right eye test to say, okay, where did you start? And is this helping? Is this the right treatment? And before, you you know, you had to be really good and you kind of go, well, I think that probably means you have an issue here, but I can't see it. So I'm going to try X, Y, and Z and see if that helps. Oh, that sounds like a fantastic. So now we have a way to measure it. We have a way to treat it. And this is probably one of the big game changers for treating TBIs because there isn't a whole lot that can be done besides treating the symptoms. I want to really thank Barbara for coming and joining us on Coming Home Well. And for folks that are listening, uh, we can always go and listen to the podcast. We're going to continue with Barbara on the podcast and we'll be right back. Welcome back, and I hope you enjoyed the interview with Barbara. It is quite amazing the amount of research that is being done with eye tracking movements and TBIs and all the other things that have been really hard to do. But I do want to leave you with some good tips on how to deal with some of the stress that you may be feeling right now. I read in the recent news article that the ABC stores, the alcohol beverage control stores that the state runs to sell hard liquor, have been up almost 70% as a result of all this uh, pandemic fears. And stress during this out, this dangerous time can include fear and worry about your health and the health of your loved ones, changes in sleeping and eating patterns. I think everybody's probably eating more if they're staying home. Difficulty sleeping or concentrating and worsening of chronic health problems, which then puts you at greater risk of other problems and increased use of alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs. Try to stay away from the alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs because that's just a recipe for disaster, right? But there are some things that you can do to support yourself, and we're going to talk about some of those on Wednesday, and we're going to have some other experts that are going to come in and talk about self-care 
But there are things that you can do to support yourself. Take breaks from watching, reading, or listening to the news, especially social media. Hearing about the pandemic repeatedly can be really uh, upsetting and bothersome. And everybody has an opinion and everybody is now currently an expert in infectious diseases. But also take care of your body. Take deep breaths, stretch, meditate, and try to eat healthy, well-balanced meals, exercise regularly, get plenty of sleep, and avoid drugs and alcohol. Go for a walk. I'm sure both you and your dog, if you have a dog, would really appreciate it. But most importantly, make time to unwind. Try to do some other activities you enjoy. Try to take up a hobby that you enjoy. You have the time, if you're stuck at home, like many of us are, to go do the things that you always say you don't have time to do. And, I talked about this before, connect with others. Talk with people you trust about your concerns and how you're feeling. Being involved and engaged with other people is one of the most important things you can do. But if you're a veteran, or you're concerned about a veteran in your life, just know that there are specially trained responders ready to help them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year with the Veterans Crisis Line. It connects them to expert counselors and therapists that are able to talk to people and provide that care that they really need. You can get in touch with them at 800-273-8255 and you press 1 to talk to someone. Until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well. Coming Home Well, helping civilians better help veterans. Every Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. on Seville 107.5 FM and 1260 AM WCHV.